Hello and welcome to another edition of the Moving Iron Podcast. This podcast is proudly provided by Axon, helping dealers move more iron for almost 100 years. Find out more at axontire.com. Axon was started almost 100 years ago out of a passion for keeping agriculture moving. It's that same passion that drives them today. With a vision for a better experience for both farmer and dealer, they set out to create a better way to move more iron. When you partner with Axon, you get immediate access to a full range of products and solutions designed to meet the complex needs of today's grower. Axon carries all major brands and sizes of tires, wheels, and tracks. From custom colors and sizes to fully customized wheels, you can have the solution for virtually any problem today's farmer is trying to solve. To find more or become an Axon dealer, please visit axontire.com. Moving iron in the 21st century. Hardworking people working hard for you and me. Moving iron time and time again. Through the years you'll find us here. Moving Iron. Hello and welcome to Moving Iron Podcast number 209. This edition of the Moving Iron Podcast is brought to you by Axon Tire, helping dealers move more iron for almost 100 years. For more information, go to axontire.com. And also Tractor Zoom delivering insights. The best place to find what's going on in the auction market and develop and see how trend lines are developing is Aaron what? <laughs> okay, Aaron's not paying attention. <laughs> Pass the mic off. <laughs> Aaron should have said Iron Cons by Tractor Zoom because I should have. You should have. But here's the best part about that is if you go to Iron Comps right now and you're looking at all the stuff that you can see there, all the trend lines developing, all the best places to go and look and see what's happening in the market right now as far as auctions go, past and present, I would want to go to Iron Comps and get that special moving iron discount at checkout. So I would pass the mic to Aaron right now, but I'm sure he's not paying attention. I am now. Oh, are you? Okay, I am. shocking. See, that's that. that's a special kind of mic drop. Like, you're handing it off, and I'm not paying attention, yeah. and it falls on the floor. Yeah, I guess I need a signal. <laughs> I need a signal to give you, huh? Yes, okay. I'm six inches away. Be like, hey, get off your phone. <laughs> Pay attention. Hey, right on. you you must be a parent. Doesn't that, that, that just roll off the tongue? I, I must be. Get off your phone and pay attention. That would be great. That would have been great. But we had this great setup for you coming into this. Obviously, Aaron dropped the ball there. But, hey, we're here together now. Aaron Fennell, obviously, here, is here with me now in full attention. Full attention. And we, as usual, kind of brainstorm what we're going to talk about this week. And one thing hot on everybody's mind right now is choppers. Choppers is one of those things that we've talked about a few times but not – not a bunch. Um, not spend a lot of time on it because it's a very niche marketplace, right? If you're if you're buying a chopper, there's only two things you're going to do to it: either you're going to chop corn or haylage, or drive it through a pack of zombies during a zombie apocalypse. That'd be the other best thing to do. With or like that. drive it around. Drive it around and be cool. And yeah, just because they're so badass. You could be driving alongside the road and and go down and mow down the ditch and spray the. Spray the stuff that you've chopped through the ditch there onto the road as someone as your friends drive by. Absolutely, you know what I mean that'd be Perfect. kind of a, a good thing. But that is something I would totally ask to do. <laughs> so Absolutely, wouldn't, wouldn't we all? But <laughs> nonetheless, nonetheless, I think choppers are going to be a hot topic as we look and see what's happening here. So there's a lot of a lot of things that are pointing towards the direction that choppers might have might have a hope and a prayer this year. And two things: one is 
the winter kill action that we've watched so far um, come out of well, I guess there's no really we haven't really seen the winter kill yet because nothing's come nothing's emerged out of the dormancy yet when it comes to wheat. But suspected winter suspected kill. winter kill is the best way to put that. So when you have uh, below zero temperatures, and I mean like twenty below, thirty below, you know, forty below, in, in some of these areas where you've had some uh, some in the wheat belt, and you start looking at uh, the lack of snow cover and those kind of things, and as we start heading into a, a, a dry spring, um, there could be some some drought situations that we see in the corn, corn belt if things don't start to kind of swing dramatically. So I guess as you start looking at how you're positioning yourself with, with equipment, a chopper might be one of those things that you might want to say pinch, start paying attention to just because of the way crop may produce. So, Correct. Aaron, what's your, what are your thoughts on that synopsis I just laid out there? Yeah, you're exactly right. If I know the we are in the extreme western corn belt or high plains, however you want to look at it, the high plains, the suspected winter kill could be substantially high. Mm-hmm. In Kansas and Oklahoma and yep. eastern Colorado. Right. The Texas right. Panhandle. Western Nebraska, western Dakota. Yeah. So, Dakotas, mm-hmm. sorry. Sorry, guys. There's two. <laughs> as as you look at that and you it if you pay attention to the weather right now given the we're in what the la nina right la nina yes. la nina oh. every time there's a front coming through it splits the great plains pretty much in half the dakotas nebraska kansas oklahoma and the west doesn't get one drop of moisture but on the east side of that, they get they're getting fairly steady rains. There's parts of the corn belt that are way too damn wet. Right. Yep. We've seen other years start like that, and it'll either flip flop yep. or it shuts off the whole way. Yep. And there is nothing that sells faster than a chopper. Yep. Can't That's give true. combines away. No. Like every other day. But <laughs> <laughs> but Choppers get hot. Yeah. That's what we saw in twelve. Yeah, exactly. exactly. You know, we saw that's yeah. the same thing we saw. We saw and and we had the pricing uptick at the same oh, time yeah. too. <clears throat> yep. It's 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 a weird. What would that be? Nine years ago, repeat kind right. of thing. You know, yep. chop and and the thing with choppers is, you know, there's. They're having it, it's like they're a, they're a little bit more diverse tool than they used to be, you know what I mean? Like, oh, and, and I think it, right, a lot more crops that guys are yeah. doing, and it's not just oh, you have you can only feed them corn silage, right. you know. Given the other crops and the the flexibility with that, guys adjusting rations and tweaking stuff like that, yeah. you. You have kind of a. I'm trying to think how I want to say it. it it's still like almost as niche as a ropa, <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, you're not you're not going to use it for anything else, right? But that one job is more diverse than it used to be, right? You know, back in like the the field queen days or the fifty eight thirty deer days. Yep. You know. Yeah. Now I think when you look at what's going on in in the in the dairy markets and in the uh, uh, cattle production feedlot type situations that more and more nutritionists are, are weighing in on length of cut 
those those various very nuanced things that are going to help. You know, everyone's looking at how fast and how cheap can I can I make gain, right? Right. Or how fast and how cheap can I make a gallon of milk? Yep. Those kind of things are all starting to play in more and more than they have in the past, and we're seeing different applications of these choppers being put into into place where they're going to have more and more nuanced niched ideas that come along with them but they're going to be for a broader spectrum of of crop does that make right. sense what i'm saying yep so yep. well what what do we always talk about on here you love it i make fun of it all the time technology, technology yeah it's the best thing ever those choppers today have an ungodly amount of technology on them. they do Yep. Just obscene, you know. Like the take the the nine thousand series, right. you know, with the quote unquote shredlage rolls, you know, right. and and that is because that's not because hey, let's differentiate ourselves. The industry demanded right. that kind of roll because of the 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 guy pulling samples out of the bunker, right. the nutritionist. Yep. He is the one. That's why you have some guys that are, nope, just nick that kernel. Yeah. Nope, pulverize, just turn that whole damn thing to powder. Right. You know? Not only that, but all the, the harvest lab. Yeah. You know? the Tracking nutrients, man, that's a big deal. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. There's there's just, you know, the, the technology, how you can set that thing up. I mean, you can, is it, it's probably... I shouldn't say ahead of a combine, but you don't think of a chopper as like you, you think of a chopper as this high horsepower, just devour everything. Do not put your hand anywhere near that son of a bitch type of machine. Right. Okay. It's got as much tech as a combine. Oh yeah. As an eight R, as a nine R, if not more. Right. You know? They are and and they're awesome machines. Yep. Yeah, they the are. Productivity you get out of that machine. You know, everybody, we, we we joke about it constantly. Oh, half a million dollar used chopper, smoking deal, you right. know? Yeah. Smoking deal. Yep. But. If you think about the number of tons an hour that you're putting through that. Exactly. You know, How much was a new 5830 back in 88? I don't have a clue. But I guarantee you, tons produced yeah. per dollar, looking at it that way. Yeah. Big breaker versus big difference. Turn, bushels per acre. I mean, that's a big deal. These these machines have got to the point now where they're. I mean, all of ag is kind of turned into this. You know, we need to track everything that we're doing all the way through the the life cycle of that right. of that animal, and what that looks like. And then you know, more and more that's going to start heading that way as more and more as as consumer demand starts to focus more on. I want to know exactly what this cow ate that eat organic apples three times a day i mean all that kind of crap i mean people just want to look at those kind of things and see what happened from a from a cattle production standpoint knowing what that herd a has been been fed and what does that look like and how did that gain work with this certain set of genetics all those kind of things start playing into that that decision making process do we need to tweak this do we need to tweak that based on past you know scientific data that they've gathered you're going to get these kind of things and i think that's where the misconception choppers are always kind of left in the backside because I don't the number of choppers produced worldwide it, I don't know if it's even 3,000 I mean I don't I don't know it's not that much it's like 2,500 maybe I don't, right right I don't, now today on Tractor House yeah. there are 1,175 self-propelled choppers okay that is That's less 1%. than two model numbers of combine <laughs> yeah 
exactly. uh, from one brand. Right. Yeah. And, and that's, that's everything. That's, everything that's from a Fox with yeah. no cab to a 9900i. So that's that's less than 10% of, of the combine population. Yeah. You know what I mean? If you think, I think there's there's roughly 14,000 combines in the marketplace, whole industry-wide, um, used-wide. So you start looking at that. That what did you say it was eleven eighty five eleven seventy five eleven seventy five eleven hundred seventy five machines that's less than ten percent right so so now you start looking at that that nuance and how those machines stack up it's just not one of those machines that people talk a lot about because there's just not a lot of people that are using it that way right you know right I mean, I mean it's a again it kind of goes back to a very niche market I mean two things really drive well really one thing drives the chopper marketplace and that's class three milk. You know, I mean, that's going to start dictating what that chopper market looks like, as much as the price of cattle and, and how they're going to how they're going to feed, and what that looks like, and, and those kind of things. So, but you're right that the the dairy industry is is driving right is driving the chopper. Market. Dairy drives chopper. Yep. yep. Because that is a lot more finicky. Oh, yeah. Don't get me wrong. There's feedlot guys that will that you know beyond. I's dotted T's crossed when they're talking about length of cut and yep. what what kind of God I was just talking about more what kind of kernel processing right. yeah. you want done but yeah the, the dairy absolutely drives that because yeah. that is that is those guys are I shouldn't say over the top but they're very very unbelievably detail minded right because every little tiny thing can have a huge impact huge impact yeah. in her bag yeah you go from making whatever you know three gallons of milk a day to 3.25 gallons of milk a day all of a sudden then you made it move or maybe you need to go backwards and that's you know nobody wants to go backwards so i think i think there's a lot of things there about choppers that are just misconstrued and oh my god these things are so expensive but yeah they're expensive for a reason because just like a well like your example of the ropa a ropa is a self-propelled bead harvester right it's used in five different places in north america right five Five places, and you might have those five places might be the same number of acres as maybe the entire state of Nebraska. Yeah, it's even that much, right? So now you're starting to look at one machine that does a specific crop, and thing costs a million bucks, right? Almost a million bucks. So that's and you're not doing you're not doing anything else with it. Choppers are cheap, you know. Choppers are a bargain (laughs) at that point, but. But also too, there's a the thing about I think the chopper side of the business too is there's uh, more of those choppers seem like to me now I could I could this is just my personal opinion as I look at it but a lot of those choppers are very much re- uh, regulated to uh, relegated sorry to the uh, to the custom business absolutely more than you see the individual guy doing it because it's an acres thing you know it's right a, it's a tons you made the comment earlier <laughs> about you know a chopper isn't something that people talk about a lot because not a lot of people have them a lot of people are involved oh yeah with a chopper but they don't own it right yep. you know these 20 cattlemen all get fed by the same chopper right you know yep. or guys choppers right yep. so that 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 is a big thing of why there's probably kind of a, a disconnect you know that the average crop guy he he knows it's some big giant expensive thing that you spend a lot on reconditioning every year right you know right but that's that's kind of where it falls off so yep 
Yeah. It's not it's not an in your face thing all the time like everybody's other favorite combines. Right. Combines are are there for the world to see everywhere. But but there's again you go back and look at there's there's still a, a, a large majority of the uh, acres that get cut by custom cutters in some some extent, you know. Right. A lot of guys have a combine and they still hire a customer who'd come in and pick up instead of renting that extra combine or whatever. Exactly. You know, they have a custom guy come through and knock out the other half that they're that they're not gonna be able to get to with their single combine. So I mean those kind of things happen. You don't see that on choppers. No. No, there's not a guy that's going like, I got my 9900, but I can sure use two more, so let's go ahead and get this, you know, I'll get two more. No one's doing that. They're like, let's have the custom guy come in, have him knock that out, and we'll we'll be good to go. Yeah. That's, that's We're not that. even here, and it's right. si- silage is done. thing about chopper <laughs> business, for the most part, from what I've seen, is either you have a chopper and you chop your own stuff, or you have a custom crew come in. Like, there's no, there's very little gray and the guy who you know, has a chopper and does his own stuff yeah. does not just do his own stuff. Not hardly yeah. ever. Hardly ever. Yeah. At least yeah. a couple neighbors yeah. are going to talk him into right. doing theirs. Right. So it's just one of those machines that people see the value in. People like what they've got. It's it's a great machine, but it's just you know I you know only chop you know this this hundred acres over here right or I only chop this 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 quarter or whatever this circle or whatever and then my other you know. 22 circles or I, I use my combine on it. Right. You know, that's, right. That's one of so it's a it's one of those things where you look at what what's your what are you doing with it? What's your feed practice? Are you, are you some guys are vertically integrated, you know, and they chop their own stuff and they most of the stuff they grow is they chop to feed their their feedlots that right. they got, right? Yep. And some guys relegate those two or three pivots over there and they either the neighbor buys it from them or they're selling it to whomever or whatever it is. I mean, so it's just a it's just a super defined box that you're in right. you know, when you come to choppers. Right. Yeah. All right. Now, we would be remiss if we didn't have the Aaron Fentel deal of the week. Well, it just so happens we have a chopper that I'm I shouldn't say I'm a big fan of because then it sounds like I'm proud of it and I don't want to sell it. <laughs> we do have we have a wonderful monster chopper. I believe it's an 18. Is that correct? 19. It'd 18. be 19 model 18. year. 18. Yeah. 2018 John Deere 9900 chopper mm-hmm. with 772 head mm-hmm. and what is that 659 pickup? Uh, yeah. 659 pickup package deal. Through the shop, shop, ready to roll. Ready to roll. Five thirty-five. Shut your mouth for real. That's zero percent for three years, followed by I believe it's three point five for two years. Yep. Special financing on that rig, and it is. It's currently in the shop. We're in the shop yep. right now, and it that is field ready price. Hammer down. Yep. Twelve rows of corn. Twelve rows at of a greatness. time. Yep. And you're gonna. Roll up your windows. Yeah. <laughs> no kidding. No kidding. Buy, buy a chopper and get an extra truck because you're going to need it. Trucks. <laughs> so, yeah. But, no, so I think I think the chopper marketplace to me, I think there there is going to be, we're going to see some moves this year. Absolutely. That we haven't seen for a while. And nothing sells choppers better than than drought and, and, and hail. Right. You know, so those are two of the biggest things out there, so. Which is kind of funny, 
We call hail the white combine. Lot, I don't. A lot of people do. So why isn't the chopper... Technically, the chopper's the white combine. To some extent, yeah. To some extent. Yeah. yeah. Some guys still going in, try to pick whatever corn's left off of whatever they got, but a lot of guys, too. That's their that's their insurance policy. Right. The chopper. So. Absolutely. Good deal. So as you... Let's take a look at. We haven't talked about this for a while, so let's just. You look at the the economy as a whole right now. Mm-hmm. Crop prices are highest they've ever been. You know, for the past eight years, seven for sure. Right. Um, everyone's got some excitement. Everyone's kind of got this kind of nervous itch to go out and buy a bunch of equipment, and there's still a little or bit some equipment, some equipment, <laughs> yeah, some, and there's still some. <clears throat> there's still some kind of anxious kind of apprehension to move forward which I get you know everyone's trying to see how things kind of shake out a little bit but there's no lack of interest no there's plenty of people looking for stuff lack of interest there is no lack of interest there's no lack of sales the only thing there is a lack of is machinery right and the thing that that you can one of the tell signs I talk about on here quite a bit that I pay attention to is the auction marketplace right Auction market to me is is the canary in the coal mine. It's going to tell you everything that you don't want to hear and everything that you want to hear. It's the most honest creature on the planet. Yep. And as you look what's happening in the auction marketplace right now, from a retail on our lot ready to sell versus stuff going across the auction block, you're just about going to get a better deal going to your local dealer and buying something than you just about. You know it's, I mean? it's it's pretty close. It's a, it's a pretty and, fine and line. I've seen I've seen plenty of cases. Yeah. In the last two months, where that is, I mean, carve that in stone. Yeah, it's a, it's one of those things where that's when you know the health of the of the overall marketplace is is, an, is a pretty high deal, I mean, right? Especially when it comes to tractors. I mean, all the crap tractors. I mean, they're, they're, we we can't hardly keep them in stock. No. We get them there if they sell as fast as we get them in, right? So there's plenty of opportunity there when you look at that row crop tractor. If you're in that market to update your tractor, this is a great time to do it. It's a, it's a seller's market and, well, it's a seller's market. I would hate to say there's a seller and a buyer's market, but the buyer's market right now is you're going to get the opportunity to maybe go and look at that new piece that you've been thinking about for a while because of what your trade value looks like and because of the way interest rates are. But also, if you can find that low-hour, late-model tractor to, to can bring into your into your uh, into your fleet, there, the technology that you're going to get is is going to give you a pretty good leap moving forward. Especially when you start looking at planter technology and and seeding technology. If you're a, if you're you know wheat farmer or something like that, I mean, small. Well, grain, absolutely, and and we're we're running into here as every day that passes, we're running into the new the new eight R's mm-hmm. being late model low hour. Oh yeah, you know, yeah. and that's what you know. We have quite a few listed yeah. that unfortunately are available in June, right? Um, but. The calls on those, you know, everybody right. wants that used tractor, but they want the current tractor, right? You know, yeah. you, you have two of them side by side, and oh well, this one's fifteen thousand cheaper. It's got the same hours, same op, almost the same options, and nope, I want, I want that, I want that new number, I want that new number, yeah. and it, you know, why Makes wouldn't sense. you? Why wouldn't you? Yeah, if you're if you're spending two eighty, spend three, yeah. <laughs> 
Right. I mean, sad, sad to say. I mean, in the grand scheme of things, that twenty thousand bucks isn't really cheap. Right. Much, right. You know I mean, yeah. so it's not like it was when, when that's a five year old tractor. Yeah. You've made you've made up a lot of that. <laughs> right. Plus, you've had the the advanced features and technology for that five years. So, yeah. and of it's course. it's not like you know when you had a. Hundred thousand dollar used combine or used tractor, and then the next one's one hundred twenty five or one hundred thirty five. That's a big difference, right? Right. right. So now you start looking at that. So my my feel is, I'm looking towards. I've I've had a lot of guys ask me, like, do you feel like we're starting to see a fizzle in in the marketplace? And I say, you know, I said I said yes to that to some extent, and I've said no to that to some extent too. So no is, in my opinion. No, I don't feel the fizzle that I think some people are feeling. I think some guys are pulling back their reins a little bit just to see what's going on. I mean, you come off of a seven-year hard, hard spell, and then all of a sudden you're going to just go all in because you had a, a few decent months. Right, and, exactly. And I mean, like, I get that. I mean, I get why they're doing that. To me, I think what what I'm worried about for a slowdown is not really so much the economy, the farm economy and crop prices going down, um, to me, what I see as a as a as a pullback is, I really have this this notion that a lot of guys that have been on the fence about am I going to retire? I mean, is this the right time for me to retire? This, that, and the other thing. I mean, I've gobbled up a lot of equity and those kind of things over the last five to seven years. I really think some guys are going to get healed up. They're going to get kind of in a good position again, and they're gonna they're gonna. I think a lot of guys are going to retire now. I think we're going to see a lot of of guys that that have that are in that. 60 to 70 year range uh, an age and they're going to sit back and say I just went through this last one I don't feel like I'm going to go through another one I got my equity back I'm in a good spot I'm going to go out and uh, I'm going out with the sunset here that's exactly right and we saw that you know Tate you're you're looking at what are the baby boomers like 15 year period so the the earliest boomers because that's that's a huge population, right? That's yeah. why they have the baby boomer name. It's it's our folks. Yeah. The older one of those of that generation, they did they punched out, mm-hmm. you know, fourteen, fifteen, whatever. Yeah. The other guys, the younger of that generation, is still, you know, yep. fighting it every day, fight, fight. And loving it every day, and all that. Yep. Well, now they're that much older. They've kind of caught up to where those other guys were. 10 years ago right looking at the same thing right you know yep. Yep. we we hit another up and yep. we're going to have eventually have a downside have a, have a pretty as the as we crest the hill if you will right. and we can tell we've crested the hill you'll have some yep. some yep. riding into the sunset action yes, I pr- think, probably substantially i mean i think that's, i mean i think the next 2 or 3 years you'll start seeing that i mean i think guys will just they'll, you'll start getting kind of hemmed up and they're getting they feel like they're in a good spot they've got some cash now they'll have that they'll have that auction that's going to be the the big the big retirement sale type deal and i think you're gonna start seeing more of that over the next two or three years than what we've seen even during the down cycle right i think you're gonna see more guys got my cash going home no one's coming back to the farm pack up we're heading for arizona I'm going to get that $50,000 cut to mow my grass with now. There you go. Absolutely. <laughs> so, yeah. So, I think. I I'd think, like to trade this 8R410 <laughs> on two 4Rs. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it, it'll be, uh, I think it'll be uh, 
that's that's where I think the slowdown in the used equipment marketplace is going to be as as more used buyers get out of the marketplace and start that transition. What does that look like, and how does that affect the flow of used equipment? And it's going to have a big effect on us somehow. I don't know. Always does. I mean, don't get me wrong. I think that late model, low hour stuff will always have a home somewhere. Always. But <clears throat> I think as you take a look at the big picture, I'm not so much worried about that stuff as I am that that seven year old, five to seven year old combine and that ten to fifteen year old tractor. Those are the machines that I'm worried about. Like, yeah. what do we do with those? And to me, the best place to send those kind of things are it's it's an international market. It's not even Mexico anymore, right? It's that's that's not hardly. I mean, you still got the ninety six hundreds guys looking for and the sixty series and the twenty series tractor and those kind of things. But what guys are really looking for is that Eastern European marketplace, right? You yeah. know that sub-Saharan African thing. You know Asia, those kind of places like that. Those those emerging markets that are. Turn a, turn a new leaf over on their agricultural practices, right? Exactly. That's where you're starting to see that hunger and that growth for for those those kinds of equipment. We, we sold several pieces of equipment to Kazakhstan. We sold pieces, and obviously, into Eastern Europe. You know, Ukraine, obviously, is everyone's... Africa. Everybody wants to go sell something in Ukraine. Um, you know, so whether it be South Africa or um, you name it. I mean, Nigeria, those kind of places where... Sometimes you think you're getting a, a scam in your email, and then you kind of run it down the rabbit hole a little bit, and it's a giant multinational, you know, billions of dollars getting pumped into right. this one little area to, to grow four acres of corn. You yeah, know? yeah. I mean, this is that kind of thing. Yep. And so I mean, those those are the kind of markets that I'm that I'm paying attention to, and I think as I sit back and I kind of examine and take a step back and look back, what's going on? That that to me makes the most sense is how how we're going to to develop and grow the used equipment marketplace um, in, in the U.S. and Canada, too. I mean, I think it's just the same. It's, there's no difference no. In, in those markets as far as used equipment. Right, goes, you know? yep, yep. So I, I guess as I look back and see that, I, I, that's my biggest fear, is that what are we, what are we doing with that, that third trade? What's that look like? What are we doing with that 70 series, 60 series, 50 series combine? What are we doing with that? You know, twenty that thirty series, that twenty series that's got seven, eight, ten thousand hours on it. Right. And what are we going to do with those? And I think, you know, as as we start heading down this path of autonomy, which we're getting closer and closer every day, um, the that used equipment is going to have is going to be shipped out to other places. And what does that look like? And yep. so that's how I that's my biggest fear as far as the slowdown goes. Is how does how does the retirement, this next wave of, of, of this next generation that retires and the next generation that comes in, how are they going to functionally look at, at used equipment? And obviously when someone retires and there's nobody else to come back into it, somebody else just got that much bigger. Right. You know what I mean? So that that's my my vision of how this, the market's going to slow down. It's not going to slow down, it's just going to change. And how do we adapt to that? That's what that's what we need to be focused on. Well, and as as dealers, we're constantly adapting. That's right. all we do. That's all you can do. Yeah. If we don't, we're not here. That's exactly right. So, but yeah. So I mean, I think there's a between the situations that we see coming up with uh, with potential drought, potential winter kill, and those kind of things, and then we look at uh, at this evolving generational um, 
transition in, in farming, we've got we've got our hands full ahead of us. So we need to start kind of pulling pulling some levers and start making some decisions about what what does five years look like from now. And I think I think there's a lot of dealerships out there and a lot of growers out there that are working with dealerships that are that are headed down that path. And I think a lot of people are having those conversations now more than what you could imagine. So. Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, good stuff as usual, Aaron. I think we, we knocked this one in the head. If uh, folks wanted to reach out to you and get more information about that that super cheap 9900. Super cheap. Super cheap. Super cheap. How would they go about doing that? Uh, fairly active on the Twitterverse, at Aaron, A-A-R-O-N, Fintel, F is in Frank, I-N-T-E-L, or uh, call me or text me, 308 308- 760-1193. Right on. You can find me, uh, Casey Seymour, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. That's where you'll find the latest editions of the Moving Iron Podcast. Also, you'll find uh, the Moving Iron blog that I've posted there um, as well. I, I also write that, that article for Farm Equipment Magazine and the Ask the Expert um, section of the of their uh, back page of the magazine. I'm not really a an expert to ask so but if, <laughs> <laughs> i have an idea too but that's that's about the summation of it so i would say um if you're really looking for a great podcast to listen to other than the moving iron podcast which i think is a great podcast go check out the dry line farmer podcast with brent and landon those guys are they'll make you laugh and um check out the moving iron uh website at moving iron and you can get all the latest information about the moving iron summit coming up in nashville tennessee September 15th to the 17th. Uh, any dealers welcome to come to that. So if you're interested in doing that, either give me, uh, hit me up with an email at movingironpodcast at movingironpodcast.com or you can go to the website and all the information there is there to how to register and, and uh, everything like that. So with that, I am Casey Seymour with Aaron Fennell. Let's go with some iron folks. Out. You want to have a meaningful competitive advantage to help sell more equipment. Whether you represent the sales, parts, or management department of an implement dealership, there's a surprising amount of complexity when it comes to tire, wheel, and track technology. Let Axon worry about that so you can get back to supporting your customers. Axon has leveraged years of experience to create a streamlined process that gives you a proven path to help today's grower and sell more equipment. The roots of their organization go back almost 100 years to the invention of the rubber tractor tire. Supporting agriculture is the number one driver of Axon from product development through sales and service. To find more or become an Axon dealer, head over to axontire.com. Moving iron in the 21st century. Hard work.